Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, hello. I am fresh back from my holiday. I got in at about 9 p.m. last night. Alf was so good on the flight. I felt really calm, really relaxed. I had a lovely time away. And then at one in the morning, hysterical crying from Alf's room, which I could not stop until five in the morning. And I had to be up at eight in the morning for work. So I'm here, but I'm struggling. That is, I feel like hashtag mum life through and through. Um, But I'm really, really excited about today's guest and to get to chat to her about so many things. She is um, an incredible actress, both on TV and in theatre. She actually won everyone's favourite TV show, BBC Strictly Come Dancing. And um, I'm going to say arguably your most important role is that you're a mum of two. It's Cara (laughs) Toynton. Hello. Thank you so much for coming in, especially because I feel like we've had a similar 24 hours. Well, it's funny because you've pushed on through and I was about to give up, wasn't I? So you've made me feel bit. <laughs> I uh, text on the way here saying I can't do it, but I've I've pushed through. But to be fair, I get it. So that's why I was like, honestly, <laughs> I, I so understand that well, if you I need to cancel. Your, your and you, on the plane, you were having a, a, a nice time for it. And I thought you lucky thing, but then it all kicked off later on. So did you get a flight yesterday? So we were flying back from Norway yesterday and we had to do a transfer and the kids were brilliant. And then while we were on the first flight, they said they'd put us automatically on a later flight because of a delay. We ran. I mean, I haven't done that much cardio in a while, so it's really kicked me into shape. But um, we ran, we made the flight, but they wouldn't let us on. And then from that moment, it it was a downhill yeah, spiral of doom. And um, I ended up being that mum with their youngest screaming for one hour 40 of a one hour 50 flight. And it was Oh God, I, I knew it was coming. I think everyone, it's it's one of those things you have to go through, but it's tough. It's really hard, isn't it? Because I remember to pre-mum Ashley, I cringe a lot at like my attitudes on lots of things. I've talked about before, you know, I had this kind of like weird like inner misogyny against mums even though I consider myself a feminist but I would say really cringy things like oh they shouldn't let babies on flights or so annoying like they need to shut their babies up and now I'm like I had a lovely lady next to her so Tommy was by the window he got the lucky seat Um, I was in the middle and then this lady and I said straight away I'm so sorry if Alf isn't 
good and I hate the word good because I mean they're babies and she was like don't worry those three are mine and just pointed opposite so she was so nice and it just makes the world of difference doesn't it because what I have come to realize is no parent wants their child to be upset on the plane and forget everyone else on the plane or of course that is a factor because you're embarrassed because you don't want to be that family but you don't want your child to be upset so it's almost like I don't really care about you lot but like you can also just put your headphones on and relax well I did realize that that nowadays most people have actually got the headphones in so we can relax a bit but you so you highlight those um caricature sort of stereotypes of the man that's you know shaking his head and that sort of beams at you and I have a way you you do sort of zone out of it don't you and that most people I have to say are so genuinely supportive and every I was the same sorry 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 and um but I think it's just something that you have to get through. And um, once you've got through it, then you plan for the next time. But but they do get better. I think it's just one of those things. But you had it through the night, didn't you? Well, actually on my way, so I went to Cyprus. It was a really last minute holiday. Tommy and I decided we were both like burnt out and we wanted to get away. Um, On the way out, so we went from Gatwick to Paphos, a man actually did come up to us and asked us to stop our baby from crying and all I'm going to say is it's very very lucky that Tommy was between me and that man I made a rookie error and if you are planning to go with your child baby do not forget Calpol because it really does help them with their little ears I'm sure but I, I forgot Calpol I since found out from a lovely air hostess that messaged me on Instagram that apparently BA have Calpol on the plane so you can no actually way. ask well um, that is something to remember yeah but Alf was like really upset and it's horrible because we all remember being children and not knowing how to pop our ears like I definitely remember I used to hate taking off and especially when they're too young to even give them sweets you know you can't have that chat with them at that stage and it's the worst it's so terrifying for you and for you know what it just is a magnified horrific moment and so what did you say well luckily like I said Tom was between me and him but I was like I'm trying to stop him from crying. Like I don't want my child to be upset. And I really wanted to be like, I mean, I don't even know if I can use the F word on my own podcast, but I wanted to be <laughs> that person. But also I was a bit like, how embarrassing if like nobody knows the context and like, even, not, that I've, not that I presume I'm recognizable by the way, but if one person were to be like, you'll never guess who is like kicking off on the plane. <laughs> but it's the one moment you'll lose it. You know, when you, you sometimes... That's the thing. Morris was really good on the flight and I was I was getting a bit, you know, um, I was I was tired. And um, but he said if you know, if he'd seen the guy, then um, yeah. <laughs> it's not I was gonna say, I wonder if our paths crossed. Um, because when you gave birth to your second child, Helly, mm-hmm. you gave birth on the eighth of January in Chelsea and Westminster. Mm-hmm. I gave birth on the 9th of January in Chelsea and Westminster, and but I came in on the eighth. Well, that because I think I I heard that you were there, and but it was like the day after tomorrow. When I say that, it was derelict, wasn't it? Did you find it really eerie? So weirdly, because I. By the time I got to hospital, I was just in like such a world of pain. And um, by the way, don't worry, I'm not going to put a trigger warning because we don't need to talk about births. They just put us straight into the birthing suite. And then weirdly, I st- still find, I'm not quite sure why, but we left hospital after four hours. Um, so I actually didn't go into any of the wards at all. 
obviously Heli was my second. So because of my first experience of birth, um, I opted for a C-section. So it was a really strange experience from my first um, going in and it being quite civilized and like having your nails done or something. And I felt very odd about it. And um, because ultimately, although it's um, a, a chilled, you know, you can prepare it's, it's bizarre going in one day and coming home with your baby the next. Um, but I think at that time they were pushing um, people to get home as quickly as possible. And actually, I think that had a big aftermath effect for me. It was too soon um, because I'd forgotten that the first time around I did have that 24 hours in hospital where I, I, I guess I healed slightly um but you you forget so quickly don't you you forget and that that's why i'm so chuffed that you're you know sort of flying the flag for this talk and the aftermath because it's incredible when when friends give advice or you hear advice and you think that doesn't quite sound right and the reason why it doesn't sound right is because things move so quickly so you're only able to really give advice on the moment you're in now because everything else is a blur and unless i wish i'd written down everything because did you no and i'm the same because even when friends will be like i'm pregnant what do i need to know and i'm like shit uh and then in my head i'm like get sleep while you can or you know all these really <laughs> yeah, annoying sort of- things that you are like just you wait just you wait and you're like, <laughs> i will not turn into that person but yeah even like newborn gifts for friends or friends babies i'm like I can't, I can't remember anything. I literally can't remember. So yeah, I feel like writing it down is actually a good tip yeah. for new mums because you forget, don't you? And actually a lovely gift a friend of mine bought me, which I never wrote, but I need to, is um, she just bought me a lovely, I think it was from Papier, but I mean, other notebooks are available. And she said, write down um, letters to Alf, like for the future and start it in pregnancy. And I just didn't do it, but I might start doing it because even like first words and, you know, you forget so quickly, don't you? And then you look back and you're like, oh, they were so little. Or I I wonder what their first word was because you kind of forget all the... Yeah, well, that actually comes into the the app that I've developed and the reason why we did it. It was all those things of memories and keeping um, sort of voice notes to document the importance of voice. Back in, I guess it was 2019 when I had Frey, my first, we were discussing it you know it's a life-changing thing isn't it when you have your first child and we were thinking about things and at the time my mum was quite ill and we were documenting little um conversations recipes that mum cooked us that we loved and we would voice it all on the the recorder and uh, it's something that I'm not ready to listen to yet because I lost my mum yeah I'm um, really sorry by the way I did read oh, thank that thank you Kira. yeah well that's my um that's my sort of venture of being pregnant and having my my children has kind of been around that dynamic of introducing you know loss and life loss and life and um rite of passage and such a contradiction between the two um so when i hear conversations of birth etc i have such a different sort of outlook on it because when i was pregnant with frey i guess i didn't even think about being pregnant because i was on this journey of fighting this other cause and i guess 
ordinarily I would have planned and prepped and done all the, you know, the kind of practice hypnobirthing courses and all of that stuff. But I just wasn't, that's not where my head was at. Um, so when, when I had Frey, we had three months with my mom. Um, we would just talk. And so we, we decided to develop an app. And my, and Marius, um, and my partner, his grandfather has this beautiful voice. And I said, we must get him to record a story for Frey in his native Norwegian because it's, it's beautiful and it would be lovely to have. So all these conversations sort of spurred on the idea of an app that's storytelling, basically, but memory building and, and as we've developed, it sort of came out in uh, actually weirdly at the beginning of the first lockdown. And that was a bit of a tester. We, we saw how people were using it. And the way I use it is with Frey. So I get, log onto the app and I, you can either narrate many stories that we've rewritten to suit audio and enjoyment of reading because reading in mind is quite different to reading out loud. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that option with it, or you can um, narrate yourself. And that's what we're sort of, you know, pushing for people to get on there and narrate and send to their family and loved ones. And it's open. So if someone's really good at the speaking and storytelling, they could be the voice that we listen to. So it's a kind of public audible for enjoyment. But the way I use it is that with Frey coming up to uh, nearly four, we go on there and we discuss what we've done in our day or our week. And it becomes this diary of what we've been up to, but also a diary of the development of his voice. But that came about by accident because I hadn't I thought that that would be of interest. But when I started listening back and to see the change, it's so quick. And then I sent it to my sister and she loved it. And then I could see that there was something to that and that you would come back to it in years to come. And it's kind of in a safe space and we tell each other stories. So I'll say something and then he'll repeat it back. But he really, even at that age, enjoys thinking of new things to say. So it's become something... Um, quite special accidentally really and it's become something that I didn't realise it would be at the beginning. I feel like that's really beautiful as well because in other cultures and something that we've potentially lost in our culture is the kind of idea of storytelling and you know stories even coming from your elders like even when I became a mum I thought a lot about what my parents were like with me. And you've never thought about that before, yeah. but you suddenly think, oh my goodness, wow, they, they went were through this. Here with this like bundle of joy. And then I became a teenager <laughs> and all of those issues, but you know, whatever it might be, or my um, granddad died when I was two and my parents would always tell me stories of like how much he loved me. But if I'd have been able to listen to like, I guess his storytelling to me, it's such a lovely thing to have to look back on. Yeah. you And you, it's uh, life happens so quickly and, and as I say, even now, I'm not ready to listen to the recordings we had of my mum. But the fact that they're there is just something that's really comforting to me. And I, I look forward to listening to that with my kids. And um, and so, yeah, it's been really interesting. And I've got so many ideas with it because I'm dyslexic and with the kids, you know, learning to read and all these things. I can't wait to, you know, get developing and get some new ideas on board. And so it's a bit of a journey. What's the name of the app, by the way? It's called Telap. Telap. And I'm I'm going to make sure we put all the information below so everyone can check it out. But it sounds amazing. Um, I'd love to talk to you about your journey becoming a new mom. if we rewind all the way back to that time um, with Frey. 
because like for me personally, I really, I really struggled with becoming a mom. And even though I feel like I was so excited in pregnancy and I know, I know that everybody has different journeys due to different circumstances with birth, but the first four months for me, I was like, this is the most amazing thing in the world. I want 10 children. This is amazing. I can't believe I used to say I didn't want children. This is so wonderful. And I don't mind the sleepless nights and all of this. It's all worth it. And then I kind of reached a point of bur- like totally burnt out. And I think it coincided with the end of lockdown. And then I was suddenly like, oh my God, everyone's back out. And I, I can't go anywhere because I'm stuck at home breastfeeding. And, you know, even as a DJ, like DJ work started coming out again. And I was like, I can't, I tried to do it. I actually did... Um, Boardmasters whilst breastfeeding, which to be fair, looking back, it was way too early. I shouldn't have done it, but I was so worried about mm. missing out on that old life. But what was your experience? Yeah, well, I guess we will be the um, the school of the COVID time. And um, I hate the word so much. You know, when you hear it. The C word, <laughs> the but, C not, word. This, but not the first C word you think of. <laughs> no, that's true. But definitely the second. Because for was Frey a pre-lockdown baby and then lockdown came yeah. and so you had both experiences and what was really strange I suppose was that with everything that happened the first time around in a way when you um, losing my mum you, you know when people say I, I, I felt like my world stopped and the rest of the world kept going and then the world actually did stop exactly as, almost a year later And so I was put in this bubble that I kind of needed to be in. And I was grateful for that, even though obviously it was horrendous and you won't wish it again, but um, you took from it what you took from it. And it was, it was just such a strange thing, wasn't it? But then when I became pregnant with Heli and it was through lockdown, I was very similar in that. I think we were just in this little cocoon and we were allowed to be, and it was okay. And then as soon as the green light went, it was just a bit overwhelming. And I similarly, I got offered a job and you thought, oh God, well, yeah, <laughs> I better, yeah, I, I've got to do it. And then in hindsight, it was way too soon. I was, yeah, breastfeeding Heli and doing eight shows a week. Um, and it was a, a show that was a lot of fun. It was very lighthearted. It was the Windsors. It was really fun. But I, I took it on thinking it was a bit of a breeze, but I ended up sort of hanging from ropes and flying. And I was I didn't know this was going to be Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> you know, in the comedy of it, it was just really full on. And I and it was too much. And Heli wasn't sleeping. And I, yeah, learned a lot from that. And you can't go back and do it again. But I wish someone had said, no, you can't do this. But we are plunged into this new realm of believing we can do everything and I think in the next 20 years there'll be a conversation which I think you're starting that I can can we do everything and what what is the sort of knock-on effect of that you know going forwards and we can only say in hindsight because I'll I could think I had a vision of parenthood being what my mum was mm. but I never had that discussion with Marius because I just I just thought that that's what it would be. But of course, we don't live like that anymore. I wonder if, um, you know, we're really lucky to be in the generation that we're in where, you know, feminism is working its magic. There's still a way to go, but we can do both. How possible it is, is another conversation. But the expectation is still on the woman. And this is obviously like really generalizing and talking about heterosexual relationships. But 
I don't know, for me personally, like Tommy and I have always been equal in our relationship. So when we found out we were having a baby, we were like 50-50 parenting, yay. And then he went back to work after his paternity leave of two weeks. And then I was stuck at home. And it, well, I think it also coincided, I don't know with what football tournament, but maybe the Euros or something. So he was going out and by the way he's really respectful but football's like his biggest passion in life and it was on and I who am I to deny um, a guy going out with his friends to watch the Euros and um, it was a really exciting time for him but I remember getting this like major FOMO being sat at home but also the kind of resentment that built up and the arguments that we were having because I was like it's not fair like you wanted this baby as well and I'm stuck at home and I'm having to do everything and I kind of suddenly felt like I'm back in the 1950s <laughs> and then Tommy would like do the basics like pick Alf up and people would swoon over him and <laughs> it's so nice to see your hands on dad and I was like I've got stitches and I'm doing it and people barge me out the way so I feel like we're in this weird stage where we can do everything but we're also expected to do it all and I'm hopeful that in the next 20 years actually it'll be more I say equal like obviously there is like a biology that exists like if Tommy could have breastfeed, feed, breastfed, breastfeeded, breastfed. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he he kept saying, I wish I had boobs. I know. <laughs> it's so true because I think they would. They would really enjoy being part of that. But yeah, it, I'm similar to you. I I think I becoming a mother, the feminist movement within me has really kind of riled and <laughs> because it does, doesn't it? It's kind of, I've always, it's been there, but it's just come to its, you know, form. I think as well, like being, God, this, this, when I say this and it's true, but it sounds so weird to say being a more experienced mother now, having a toddler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so weird. Enough. I still find it so weird that I'm a mom. So saying that sentence, um, what I've realized is those first let's say even the first year, like for me personally, and I'm sure for lots of people, it feels so intense. And at times you're like, what have I done? I don't recognize me or my life anymore. And it feels sometimes like a prison, especially if the baby's not sleeping and you're just in this cycle of like, I don't know what day it is. I don't know who I am anymore. And, you know, going through all these like mental, physical, psychological changes. But now I'm like, oh, it actually does... Come, that, that chapter comes to an end. So maybe I'd get less caught up in worrying about the day-to-day of that and actually be able to relax and enjoy it more. Did you find that with Heli that you were able to enjoy it more the second time yeah, around? Yeah, for, for sure I was able to. And of course, then there's the dynamic of having your eldest and your youngest and they're at different points and then you feel guilty to each and and that and you think oh should we have left a bigger gap and all these things but what is the age gap that so about two and a half years so that i would say it's better it's a nice gap because frey was able to kind of you know be be involved in a kind of he knew what was going on and that was really good and i know that i can see the sort of dynamic between them is so lovely already and that that's going to get easier as they do the same things there's a lot i want to talk to you about around becoming a mum for the second time. Yeah. Um, mainly because I no. Yeah. Oh my god. So that's why Oh my god. I've heard exclusive stuff. Ex- there. Exclusive. Um, so I was in London today um doing the test and seeing the baby kick. I don't know obviously yet the sex, but Will you find um, out? Yeah I will because I'm such an impatient person. And I like to know and to prepare and actually with Alf I had um an element of gender disappointment, which I know is like 
we shouldn't say and blah, blah, blah. But I, I think I was so longing for a little girl because of all the things I've been through. And I had this vision. I was going to have this amazing relationship with a girl. And now I'm actually delighted. And actually the second time round, whilst I would love to think I'd have a little girl, I'm actually just happy just to be pregnant and, and to have a healthy baby healthy and to experience baby, yeah. it again and to experience out of lockdown. It's quite funny actually because I think the trouble with not knowing is it's only exciting if you genuinely have a sort of 50-50. My sister's just had her first. Aww. And so it, what's funny about it is that because on Joe's side, my sister's partners, there's only boys and every professional, even down to the scan, they accidentally said he at one point so they've just gone along thinking well it's it is a boy and everyone who said that you know the shape game and everything oh you're having a boy so when they finally had the girl I mean it was really brilliant but it was just not them for six because they had no that just wasn't so it's only kind of they hadn't even decided on a girl's name it's gone that far so it's quite that's so funny so did they leave it as a surprise or they left it? it as a surprise and for me that was the one thing that I could sort of um because I didn't really believe it was happening. I needed to know just to grab hold of it a bit. And I'm also, I'm similar. I just have to know because I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> but what what was it like experiencing pregnancy the second time? Because that's what I find so different now. And there's an element because the first time was lockdown for me, but I feel like I just ha- don't even have time to think about it. And at the first time, and I was like, I mustn't lift a finger. And now I've like got Alf hanging off my hip at all times. Exactly. I think in a way, it's a really nice thing the second time because you just, you're so, the the chilled Richter scale of, <laughs> is, is down here compared to, you're just worrying the first time about everything, aren't you? And you just remember the feelings. But some people have different pregnancies don't they each time so Mm -hmm. I mean mine were really similar the morning sickness was very similar and so I um I kind of apart from that one bit I actually you take your wins don't you and I really enjoyed being pregnant and so um, what was it like later on with a toddler yeah I think that's the the bit is that you think god the first time around I could just relax and you know (laughs) So now, and then that time you just, you haven't got a choice, but you just got to carry on. That's what I'm worried about. Like, especially because I had really bad pelvic girdle pain the first time around. I mean, I couldn't even go to sit on the loo on my own. Tommy would have to like help me down. And I'm like, what am I going to do when I've got a really big bump? And we still rock out to sleep in the nursing chair. I mean, he's way too old, but we enjoy it. But I'm like, when I have a bump, like, where's he going to fit? Like, there's barely (laughs) enough space for him. (laughs) Now, just like wrapping around (laughs) the bump. sort of make it work within the... um, No, but you... Yeah, that's going to be something that I think... I don't... Are you... What? There's a time where you're not allowed to lift anything. Okay, so, so I guess we have to figure it to out by then. Warm into that, so he's prepared for it, and I'm, Tommy will have to. I'm do actually all thinking of, that. of doing a toddler bed, but I feel like that's a conversation for another time because. But I can imagine him enjoying bit like lying down with yeah, us yeah, yeah. to sleep, as opposed to the rocking. Because I mean, he's way too big for us anyway. <laughs> no, but it's it's so. Does he sleep? So in what his do you car, mean? You, so you, basically for the first year he was in our bed and then there was like a really long transition of me sleeping on a mattress with him next to his cot. And now he goes in his cot, but as long as we rock him to sleep first. It. It's like the ceremony of sleeping. Yeah. Everyone says like the second one, you'll just have like thrown in there. It's a funny, isn't it? Because at the moment, Frey, I still sleep with him a lot and... I've I've never been one to plan or have too many 
sort of regimented directions on anything because I think circumstance is circumstance and you do what you do and eventually they grow out of things. I suppose that having two means that it forces you to do certain things, but in a way that's also helpful that it kind of, you know, you've got no choice but to like move on. The ultimate podcast for Married at First Sight fans is here. This is Recapped at First Sight. The new podcast keeping you up to date on all the love, fallouts, drama and secrets as the Married at First Sight UK bride and grooms try to make happy couples. And we're your happy couple right here, in a professional sense, of course. Join me, Kat Shube. And me, former Maths UK groom Bob Voisey, every morning after you've watched the latest episode on TV. Plus, we'll have some special guests along the way enjoying our very own wedding breakfast. You bit the caterers, right? Uh, about that. Recapped at first sight. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it, so look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love, and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Yeah. yeah that is I feel like it's good advice for all new parents actually just to say go with the flow because you're right we try to like control things or plan things and even so many things that I said when I was pregnant of like I'll go back to work in this amount of time or I'll do this I'll never let my child sleep in my bed I'll never do this I'll breastfeed for six months or wh- whatever all the things that yeah. we say we actually don't know and I never thought I would be the person to co-sleep for 12 months because I was like, even when my friend used to come around to my house, she was like, oh, I'm a bit nervous because I've left 
the kids with like a babysitter from an app mm. that I've not met before. And I was like, what's the problem? It's fine. And now I'm like, I can't leave him. Even with people he knows, I'm like, but you don't know his bedtime routine. <laughs> and it's such a, isn't it, of these statements you make to yourself and out loud that you think, oh God, what I didn't have a clue. And it, and it also then spurs on to other things, subjects in life that you have these statements and you think until you know and you're going through it, you have no right really to make any statement because you do what you do and you do your, your best. I mean, I was in, so at Christmas, I suddenly had this double buggy and I was going around Liberty with my sister and the kids. And in Liberties, it's beautiful. And I just wanted to experience that beautiful magic of Christmas. And I, apparently my sister, I think you become immune to sort of wraths coming towards you. But my sister said, that woman just said, what were they thinking bringing that in here? And it's true. I mean, like you said, I would have gone, what are they thinking, the twits? But I was in my bubble and I just, you still have to do things and you just, <laughs> I think you, you, you know, you can't not go out because you've suddenly got two kids and, um, I don't know what my point is. No, it's here, funny it's though, just... isn't it? It's like really recently, I don't know if you saw, there was like this big, um, I think it started as a tweet and then as it does kind of was sensationalized all over the press yeah. that a comedian at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival said that his show was ruined because somebody took their child into theater and they didn't stop crying, which by the way, even as a parent, I understand that's really shit. I don't think I would take my child to the theater, but I understand why people do probably should have left at the moment they start crying, but it happens. Um, so I understand his frustration, but I saw this article in reaction to it being like, mums need to realize there's a place for children and there isn't a place for children. So I, I was hooked. I was like, okay, yeah, I understand that. So then I clicked on it and it was like, seeing mums taking up um, it was like sitting on on street on the streets having coffees with their prams taking up space in the pavement, and I was like, "Sorry, would you like us to?" During like one of the most life altering experiences of life, where you feel so vulnerable and you want connection with other new moms or even just your old friends or whatever it is, you you want you don't want us to, to go leave. outside, like you don't want us on pavements. <laughs> and then it said <laughs> restaurants, and I was like, "Oh, oh. again, I I understand." Adult only restaurants would be very tempting. If I had a night off to Tommy with Tommy, I'd be like, I probably won't go to the Rainforest Cafe. I'll go somewhere nice where hopefully there's no children. But like, can can we presume children aren't allowed Just in restaurants? Sort of and I was like, wow, like people are really unforgiving. Mm, really. But unforgiving. again, if Tommy walked down the street with a pram, he'd have probably the same woman who wrote the article swooning, being like, Oh, it's so nice to see dads out with mm. their babies. Lovely. Hands on dad, daddy daycare. Does Tommy notice it? Um, he notices it because I point it out. <laughs> yeah. Like I said to him, he went to LA for work for a week. He works in tech. And I think actually your partner works in tech. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I said to him when he got back, I was like, did anybody ask you who was looking after the children? And he was like, Oh, it's the children. I mean, Alf. I was like, did anyone ask you who was looking after Alf? And he was like, no. And I was like, that's funny because if I ever get a DJ gig or an event, that's the first question that people ask, like, who's looking after Alf? And I'm like, the other parent? Is that okay? <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's so nice that he helps. And I'm like, he doesn't, he doesn't help. He, mm. he literally is the other parent. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. And I'm, I, I, are you a, an apologist? Because I'm naturally an apologist. I've got a friend, Sophie, who everything that she goes through, she's already on the sort of 
I guess the relaxed foot of if anyone sort of comes uh, with anything like that, it's all very chilled. Whereas I'm on the front foot of apologizing for it. And it's sort of on the plane last night, the air hostess, at first she came over and said, is is he not well? And of course it was like nearly nine o'clock at night because of, you know, the delays, et cetera. And it, he, it was just way past his bedtime. But then you go on this rampage of of explanation, and and then you think, oh, and you're you're then suddenly in this kind of you're just apologising for everything. And I wish that could be eliminated, but it's sort of instilled in us sometimes. Do you know and- what? I've actually learned or taught myself. I used to be such a people pleaser, and I've learned a lot not to apologise. Um, especially I feel like as a woman in in business, I feel like I would always start emails like, hello, sorry to trouble you. <laughs> sorry for even emailing. Sorry mm. for existing. Um, but yeah, now I really try to be assertive. But also weirdly, I, I feel worried about what people think in lots of spaces in life. But motherhood almost gave me this new fight, especially breastfeeding and all the kind of controversy Mm. that surrounds it as if like it should be controversial at all to feed your child however you want to feed your child um but it almost gave me more fight to be like no like this is my right and like you know if i take after a restaurant i have just as much right to be in that restaurant as anyone else and also children aren't good or bad they're children like and when did we learn and i put myself in this bracket by the way because like i said earlier i was the most judgmental person about children before i was a mother and i cringe now because i'm like when did we like expect children to not be children and even people who hate say they hate children or don't want children which are perfectly valid um they were still children. they were still children <laughs> at some point and also their mum or dad were those vulnerable parents at some point as well and their siblings might be parents or their friends might be parents so it's like why do we where does but where does that chip sort of go missing that yeah the understanding that this is life and this is the only way we're here yeah so i feel like we shouldn't apologize for our children being children you're absolutely right because i i I feel that it's my default i've i've crossed that Point, but the default in tiredness is to revert, and that's when I sort of, you know, get get agitated with myself because they, they, you shouldn't because you're almost letting us all down if you start to go on. No, I don't think you're letting anyone but, down, but I feel like it's a good thing for all of us, especially mums who do feel like so apologetic. Or I think because as well, there's a lot of not nastiness aimed at mums, but like judgment aimed at mums, like the idea that a woman, a mother shouldn't be on the street with a pram. Like, what would you like us to do? Where should we go? Like, do you just want us to sit inside until they're four and then come back out into the world? Well, there'd be like zones, wouldn't there? Of like just motherhood zones or, you know. And actually it was Morris because last night I said, maybe they should think about having a sort of child zone on the plane. And, you know, then we wouldn't, have that sort of meltdown of guilt and he said well why though because actually no one care or no one should care so yeah i'm still like oh i hope i'm not sat next to any other children and tommy's like you have one and i'm like i know but then i don't want if i if i have a moment of peace i don't want to disturb by someone else's child so i mean you're only immune to your own child's um, meltdowns another thing i'd like to talk to you about by the way um especially because i um 
still trying to, I mean, and I know you can't plan birth, but I'm still trying to decide what route I would like to go down with the birth of my second. And I was recommended after a birth debrief that I should have an elective C-section mm-hmm. because um, I was stitched up wrong and the the size of ALF, 9.5 pounds the first time and the difficulty of that. Um, what was it like for you? I know we touched on it earlier, but I hadn't told you that I was having another one then. So, so what was it like back. for you to compare the different experiences? Because um, I think with Frey, you ended up having an emergency C-section, yeah. but obviously you went in. Openly. Yeah. yeah, I was all for the birth center and um, at St. Mary's, which I visited and it was fantastic. And I thought, oh, it's just, idyllic <laughs> and I wonder if they looked at me then and thought because I when, when you go to sort of be introduced to it all I was sat on the end and there was the, you know the, the, the 15 other couples um, who had all been to classes and all very prepared and I was at the end the only one who had literally done nothing but was open to just giving it a go mm-hmm. and I just thought I'm one of these people I'll do my best in the moment and um, I didn't feel I at that point in sort of what was going on I could take on too much information so yeah I was all up for the au naturel and then sort of three days later after going uh, you know back and forth being sent home uh, they ended up I had to be put up to the maternity ward Ended up having everything epidural the next morning, just about to have him and his heart rate started to drop. So it was all very rushed and and um, it was an emergency um, cesarean. So the second time, it was quite good actually, because the, um, the doctor came and, and she said, you know, I don't want you to be put off if you have any more children because... The likeliness is that your body's done it all now. So actually you could really give it a go. But, and this was something that I really debated for a long time because I really wanted to to try. But because everything personally had been quite traumatic, I just decided for me, I'd already been through the C-section um, you know, with advice, I always think that's really big as well. Um, that I'm really, I don't give myself a hard time about it anymore because it is what it is. And it, it felt really bizarre going in for an elective, but it was the right choice for me. And he was fine. And, and you know, they, they we got there and they said, have you got a playlist that you'd like to... I mean, it's just so... It's the, the total opposite. And so I think if they've suggested... I mean, how do you... I'm actually still it? in two minds because when I take myself back to my first birth, I was begging for a C-section. And, you know, I really felt probably a similar story to you, like that the trauma of that, I wouldn't be prepared to go through that again. And by the way, I really strongly believe that any birth is a is a birth, like, and you have the right to celebrate that birth. And I have I have friends that have had um, cesareans and they had really beautiful births and I would love to have that beautiful birth. But I think because I've got ALF, I'm worried about what the recovery would be with a C-section and would I still be able to pick him up and all of those things, so. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I was so shocked 
because it all happened and it was out of my control, I was I was pretty shocked at how quickly I recovered. Touch wood. I mean, that's not always the case, but I was. You have to take your wins, and I was really lucky that I stayed in for two nights, I think, and then. I, I recovered really quickly, probably too quickly. I was driving three days later and I didn't realize you weren't allowed to, but <laughs> I mean, I was mental. I didn't, I didn't know anything. And then someone said, no. <laughs> um, um, so, and, and I, I, I guess I feel that maybe some, it's so personal, isn't it? But some C-sections, you can have a quicker recovery than natural birth. Yeah. And obviously there's just different, you know, um, pitfalls and, and positives to each. Um, and I think that don't rush into making any decision because it will sort of just come when it comes and you don't need to rush into that, I don't think. Um, I don't know, do you? No, I, don't no, think I think, so. no, I don't think I do yet, but um, no, it's good advice. And also nice to know that you can have like a beautiful Oh yeah, second oh, for, birth. for sure, my second experience. The only thing that I... I wish I'd fought for was to stay in. I, I remembered my first birth and how quickly I recovered. And I just assumed that the second time it would be the same and had forgotten the actual timings and had rushed it on the second one because we were going home. And I think actually that then put me back a week and I couldn't move. But had you just taken the initial sort of 48 hours, I reckon, of of, of rest, then they, it's quite a quick recovery. I feel like that's good so, advice for everyone who gives birth, no matter how they give birth. It's like, try not to do too much too soon. <laughs> Cara, thank you so much. It's been so nice to talk to you, especially because you're the first mum of two that I've gotten to speak to since finding out I'm soon to be a mum of two as well. Thank you. And thank you to all of you guys for listening to Mums the Word, the parenting podcast. I hope that you found that conversation as interesting as I did and if you did enjoy it then um, don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button I always feel like such a YouTuber I need to find like a better way to say all of this but um, yeah if you subscribe or follow then you never miss an episode and as always I do love to hear from you so you can get in touch um, either you can email in askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com especially if we've covered topics that you found interesting or maybe you want us to cover something that we haven't I say us but like it's more than just me but me and my guests um or you can even leave a voice message which is free on whatsapp and the number for that is 75 and that is exactly what lizzie did so this is her voice note I get in touch with a couple of average follower of yours for years and we also went through pregnancy and uh, childbirth around a really similar time. Um, my little boy Isaac was born in February and I know you had uh, your little boy um, back in uh, January uh, 2021 before. Um, I'm uh, sorry for all the noise in the background, I'm sitting here on holiday. Um, it's given me a real opportunity to sit and just reflect on many things um, as I'm listening to lots of episodes of your delightful podcast. Um, something that I've been thinking about, and I don't know if this is the right forum to get your view on that, so apologies if not, and you're busy, so if you don't have time to get back to me, don't worry about it. But 
with lots of the things that I've been listening to in terms of the issues that you've raised and on other sort of various parenting podcasts and also speaking to lots of my friends who are mums, something that we all seem to be feeling is this idea that, like, for example, if you go to an NCT route or whatever, um, that it's incredibly outdated and actually fairly sort of, I don't know, perpetuates all those misogynistic issues that we've talked about and things that you raised in the toxic masculinity podcast with Matt Pinkett, which was just brilliant. Um, I just have been, I keep coming back to this idea and I just have no idea how to even think about making it work. But anyway, I've come to my reach and I'm just going to be like myself. Um, but I just feel like there's such a massive opportunity to create a different approach to sort of education around childbirth, like that focuses in short on childbirth and like what to expect, but equally to fully equip dads with information to support partners better through the postpartum period. Like, I don't know, through um, what to expect in terms of how your relationship might change, equally like physically what happens to a woman after childbirth and, you know, how that can manifest itself, then the mental challenges you might face, things like postnatal depression and postpartum um, PTSD, which I've been diagnosed with both of those things. Um, and I know that you had experience with them also. And um, anyway, I feel like this could be a voice note that rambles on and on and on and on. Um, but this, this, as I say, it's just an idea. Um, and I just feel like it's such a massive opportunity. And somebody like you, who is incredibly influential and such an amazing voice for women, um, I just wondered if you had any thoughts on it. But okay, if you don't have time to get back to me, then that's absolutely fine too. Um, I'm going to do a bit more self-fetching around this because I really want to find a way to make it happen. Anyway, lots of love. Please keep up the most amazing work. And thank you for being such an amazing um, like a spearhead in terms of the campaign to just, yeah, make things better for mums and women more generally, as you had done before. Oh, that was really nice. Thanks, Izzy. That's really nice. Did, you didn't do NCT, did you? I didn't, no. And I would have done had things been different so that was just my personal experience did you no i did um i mean it was lockdown so i actually did a online course just between tommy and i um but from speaking to people on the podcast it i don't know from experience and i i believe that every nct group is different but i have heard rumors and had confirmation from friends that in their areas that when it comes to talking about vaginas and what happens, they send the men to get a cup of tea because obviously they can't hear about vaginas. And and then they kind of give this really brief information. And I think it is really good to be prepared for birth. But I think, you know, there's only so much really that you can prepare for. And I, and I think, from what I understand, like, and from what I learned from the course I did in hypnobirthing, they kind of prepare you for the afterwards with the baby, but not so much for for you and what you're going through. And I mean, I only just found out, I'm 35 years old, and I only just found out that a vagina is not even a va- vagina, it's a vulva, the outside bit. And you learn something new every day. And I, <laughs> I, 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 oh, well, no, I knew, but yeah, you're right. You don't really know enough. And, and even as mums, we still say, and I say we very generally, we still call it down there. And I remember in my pregnancy, someone saying, oh, I really recommend putting evening primrose oil down there, <laughs> up there. And I was like, sorry, can we just confirm are we talking about is- the vagina or the bum? Because I really don't want to spend time putting oil up the wrong place. But even after going through this, like we don't use biological words. Terms. And I think our generation, there's like a lot of like shame around, isn't it? We're like, but I'm really, I'm really shocked about the sending the men off. I thought we had come through that. 
Yeah, and all all I know is that I agree with you, Izzy, that I think there is space for there be, to be something more updated and I'd love to have been prepared for some of the resentment that I would feel. Um, and I, I guess, like I, I mean, I say I'm lucky because... I have a partner who helps, which I mean, that should be, <laughs> that should be the standard. But um, I feel like we were totally unprepared for so much of it. And luckily I was comfortable talking about prolapse and fecal incontinence and all of those things that I experienced. And luckily Tommy's mum was a nurse. So he's really not flabbergasted. If I can, God, I've he's not used that word. He, he, he doesn't like, like poo doesn't make him queasy. It, yeah, but in some terms a lot of partners would be and yeah it's it's talking isn't it and it's I mean I suppose it's different from group to group and town to town and how people go about it but it is just a discussion and she's right you are kind of raising all these discussions and when I see you on your Instagram talking about things and you know you realize that you know and for me talking about my experience with birth and grief all coming at once it's only when you really hear someone talking about it who's been through it that you kind of think about it isn't it and it helps and we still kind of have this announcement of like mother and baby doing fine and before I was almost I was excited to give birth first time because I was like I can't wait to find out what happens to the vagina because no one talks about it I know that's like so (laughs) weird but I was like finally the final episode of a a really good season of something because it would always just be like mother and baby doing fine and I was like how can they be fine they've just pushed a baby out like what happens no one talks about it yeah so true Um, but I think it's a really good um, Mm. comment and definitely food for thought and Funnily enough, my um, pelvic health physio, Marta Kinsella, who I talk about and praise all the time, she said actually the the biggest issues in relationships with new mums, and she said to me, by the way, I'm sure she said 18 months, but um, she was like, most parents don't have sex after childbirth for an average of something like 18 months. And that's really interesting to me because I still think there's this sort of um, like pressure that we feel as women because of the old backdated, like, if you don't service your man, he'll leave you for someone who does. And I remember with Tommy being, I'm really sorry. I just like really worried about my stitches and like, I'm just not in the mood yet. And obviously I had Alf in the bed, like breastfeeding. And he was like, do you think I want to have sex with you? Like, I also saw what your body's gone through. I'd be so I'm scared of hurting you. Of yeah. And I was like, oh, you're not just like a caveman with a stick. Like, yeah, so. No, but you're right. I mean, nobody talk talks about it and, th- and that's when you think of your parents and you think and and I even asked my parents did you not really sort of st-? and they couldn't remember either I think you all go into this little bubble and then you forget about it and move on but the point is that by progressing we have to talk about it and to make better partners and to you know I think it's um a very cultural thing you know all the Scandinavian countries I kind of really look up to them because they really you know Marius being Norwegian they really value the partnership mm-hmm. in terms of um, maternity leave and all those yeah, it's more kind of, shared it's, isn't it's it shared. and so they you get 100 hours a week yeah. of childcare for yeah. free it's all these little things and you 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 see the, the the knock-on effect that they're all just a lot more relaxed and they're not these sort of, you know, hamsters on this wheel killing themselves because it's in the early stages, it's all in, invested. I know, you know, some countries 
you know, can afford to do that, et cetera. And there's a lot of, you know, but when you look into it, what's important and then where do you pay for it later down the line? And I just, you know, because I've had that introduction to the Scandinavian kind of way of doing things, it just sort of makes sense. And I, I can see how it is so valuable and the man suddenly becomes part of it. And then you have, you have to share in it because you both take off six months between you and you juggle it however you wish. I am and hopeful so- as well for a government that starts to take a women's health more seriously. And I think it is starting to happen, you know, like the Ockenden report coming out and I've seen, you know, um, I was actually assured in my birth debrief that actually they were putting more funding into, um, the maternity wards, um, God, I've totally lost my train of thought. But um, childcare, I think, you know, childcare is becoming so expensive in this country that it's going to start being seen as not just a woman's problem because actually it affects households. And also it makes more sense beneficially to have two people earning as opposed to one having to quit their job. So that's obviously a very long story for another time. But I thought it was a really good voice note, Izzy. So thank you so much for bringing bringing it up. And I know that um, my pelvic health physio, Marta, did actually speak with someone from NCT about trying to put more postnatal care into the course and at that point they weren't interested but maybe that's something for everyone who has done NCT and wishes that it had been a thing maybe I'm sure there's a place where you can offer feedback and if enough of us bang the drum so to speak and I think we can also make an effort to stop saying things like down there and start talking a bit more and trying to break down the taboos of uh, childbirth and recovery and it and also reminding language. people that it's not just about losing weight and there's so much more that is like the tip of the iceberg because everybody is so different in their recovery and weight probably doesn't even come into it at all but again that's a podcast for another time God, there's so much there is um, but <laughs> <laughs> five hours honestly I will yeah, just I keep like, rambling well, so like, just, just, a quick, just a quick voice note <laughs> um, but honestly I absolutely love hearing from you and things like that are amazing and maybe um, that is a podcast that I can look into maybe I can get someone from NCT on and yeah. Uh, rack their brains so um, thank you so much to you guys for listening and for messaging in and for Cara for being an amazing guest and I'll be back with another episode same time same place next week normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.